Let's talk sports with Brent Rollins from UGASports.com, Pro Football Focus. What pro basketball focus too? Since you want to talk about Nate McMillan, right? Oh gosh, I got I got so many thoughts on that guy, Bill. I mean, we could talk. We could we could spend a whole segment on that. Like, hey, do your guys play hard? You? Well, because well, no, they don't. Go ahead. Do you have a development plan? No, you don't. Like, I got so many. <laughs> we won't wait right. on that. No, you're right. And and it was the the biggest. Uh, secret that everybody knew that he was going to be fired at some point. And I think those games against Charlotte and New York, which were pathetic performances, I mean, you just can't have those kind of performances as a head coach in the NBA and get away, away with it, can you? No, that team is – they had totally checked out on him. And that, that those two games were beyond evidence uh, of that, yes. I think you're right. So who do you think they should hire? Now that I have no clue. I I, I, don't follow, I don't follow the NBA enough to know those names. Uh, I, I yeah. mean, so whoever the uh, the Woj or the Shams guy, uh, whoever they're saying, all right, we'll go with them. Mm-hmm. I, the biggest thing for me would be someone who well, develops it's, young players. Like find someone who's going to right. coach and get, make young players better because that's how they're going to have to get better. Johnson, AJ Griffin, those guys are going to have to just keep getting better and better. I agree, and I think they've got great potential. And uh, you know, Congo's uh, in the same boat there. But you you have to play them. I mean, I, I said right before the break, Brent. There was a game a couple of weeks ago where Jalen Johnson had 11 rebounds, like six, seven points, but 11 rebounds. He had really played well. The next game, he didn't p- play. DNP. Like what the hell? That, that, I, none of that makes sense to me. No, no, I know. Well, it's the Hawks. They don't make sense a lot of times, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> hey, um, we, we, we're seeing more mock drafts here, and I, I know we're going to go overboard with mock drafts. We'll be sick of them, but the one from CBS Sports today was interesting because they had the Falcons kind of trading down. But I wanted to ask you uh, about Taylor Lewan, the the lineman from Tennessee who was released by the Titans, and he had played for Arthur Smith. He, he's had some ACL issues, but is, would you bring him in over Caleb McGarry? And, I mean, they're going to have to draft an one probably, but what would you do with that other tackle situation? I wouldn't necessarily say over. Like, if you give me the choice, I'm taking the younger, been healthier player all day, every day. Uh, the interesting thing about McGarry, what's, what's going to be fascinating to see what the Falcons do with him is because you, technically you have a guy who's, graded, like from PFF perspective, graded really well, one of the top tackles in the league, but he's been very inconsistent as a pass blocker. His grade is more run block dependent, and you're talking about you know a running game that with what Arthur Smith does, that you know, some of that stuff is a little bit unstable from year to year. Pass protection is actually a little more stable grade-wise year to year. And if you're really good at it, you're going to consistently be good at it. Uh, so it's how much does money does he want? How much money do they want to pay? That one to me is going to be fascinating with him specifically. Now, if you do not, if you let McGarry walk, then by all means, like if you want to bring the wand in on a prove it deal, go for it. And maybe now offensive tackle becomes kind of your focus uh, at eight. Highly possible. From what you've seen of the prospects who could be there at eight, 
is it a good spot to be in for the Falcons, or would you in that position, and I know it depends on how they fall, of course, but do you think there are going to be some good value players there, or do you think they should look to move down? See, that's, that's what's, I think, fascinating about this draft, because to me, after you, I, I would say after you get past the four quarterbacks, because to me the four quarterbacks are quarterback in itself makes it a valuable pick. But the four quarterbacks plus Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, after those six players, I think anybody who's picked 7th through 50th could be, you know, 49 could be just as good as 11. Your pick 36 could be wow. played just as well as 25. There's no, like, there's a line of demarcation to me in this draft where it's just sort of elite blue chip type players and then a bunch of guys who it's, right, beauties in the eye of the beholder. What do you want? And I think if them, if, if tackle is their focus, they can't move back too far because I think Tennessee would be one now that Luan is gone that would be very much in the tackle marketplace. But like to me, I, I'm very intrigued to see how Broderick Jones looks at the combine because I think he, he's a guy who mm-hmm. he shows high level athleticism, which I think he's going to. He could start getting that you know top ten type talk. Uh, I'd take him over the kid from Ohio State all day every day. Um, the Northwestern kid, I, I like him as a player, but there's also the talk about sort of arm length and could he be end up being a better guard than tackle. So I, I think Broderick very much could be in play for the Falcons at eight. Broderick was in the CBS Sports mock draft, Brent, at number 27. There's no way he's going to last till 27. Well, that, that, I think that kind of goes to show, and I've looked at, I looked at this recently just – and I hadn't tweeted about it or anything, but I just have it written down. Like somebody like Jalen Hyatt, uh, you know, he's in the in terms of just big board rankings. He's in the teens in some places. He's in the twenties in some places. He's in the fifties in other places. Uh, Darnell and Ringo are in right around the mid, you know, early to mid thirties. Mm-hmm. And then with PFF, they're in the seventies. Uh, so, like, there's just a uh, Quentin Johnston, the receiver from TCU. He's in the like twenties and thirties in a couple of you know big time guys, but he's higher on PFS board. So there's a lot of just variations in terms of big boards and rankings, and that's why I think this draft is going to be one where very much you're going to see teams move up and because move up and or down because they like a specific guy that they just want. To, hey, I want this guy in this range, and I want to make sure I get this guy. Well, there were a ton of mock draft trades in this mock here uh, that CBS did. And and it was kind of weird. We kind of raised our eyebrows the fact that Khalid Ringo was the next to last pick in the second round, which I think uh, that's the lowest we've seen him. But he has been kind of all over the board. He he has something to show at the combine, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And I think the biggest thing that he has to show is – like three cone, like three cone drills, and, and side to side shift, you know, hip hip movement, quickness. I think he's going to run an absolute blazing forty time, like potentially in the low four threes, and especially if he's right around, if he's two oh five or less, he's weighs in at like two ten, two fifteen. He might be in the upper four threes, right at four four, but I think he's going to be lighter, be quicker, and run just really blistering time in the 40 and guys his size that run that well and have his 
good a tape as he does, they don't get out of round one. Someone's going to pick them in round one. It just it's not going to happen. And and when you think about him as a as a prospect, right, who has he really looked not necessarily bad, but who has made him, you know, from a statistical standpoint, struggle against? Okay, Jamison Williams, top fifteen pick. Marvin Harrison Jr., mm-hmm. top five pick next year. Like you're talking about the biggest and the baddest dudes that have you know, potentially made him, you know, look a little bit uh, mortal. That's all. I, I, I don't see him getting out of round one whatsoever. Brent Rollins, our guest at Brent Rollins PhD on Twitter from UGA Sports Pro Football Focus. Uh, I've, I've said many times, Brent, I, I love uh, retweeting your tweets. You have good stuff there. And you, you've put out a lot of things about Stetson Bennett that have included him in a lot of lists with the other higher-ranked quarterbacks. You had one uh, in the last day or so. Passing grade the last two seasons on straight dropbacks with a clean pocket, no RPO, screen, or play action. Bryce Young, 95.7. C.J. Stroud, 95.0. Stetson Bennett, 91.0. And then Hennon Hooker, 85.4. So as we try to see how teams are going to look at this young man and, and of course, they're going to watch him carefully. We, we already know, and you said this last week correctly, I think, that they're going to ask questions, especially, unfortunately, about what happened there in Dallas a few weeks ago. Those type stats like what you tweeted there are going to have to get their attention just for the fact that Stetson's in there, right? Yes, and, and the biggest thing there is, so why do, why do I tweet or why do I look at numbers specifically like that? You try to find numbers that are, one, predictive of what QB play, your quarterback play, will look like in, at the next level. And two, that are very mm-hmm. stable metrics, like year-to-year, typically. Clean pocket passing grade is a, for the most part, stable metric. It's one of the most, and, and also one of the most predictive metrics that we have at PFF, because you know, RPOs, play action, screens, those are things where it's the scheme is designing uh, a lot of the yardage and or statistics that you see. Straight dropbacks, clean pocket, like, those are things where it's on the quarterback to, one, make the decision of where to put the ball, and then, two, put it there accurately. Now, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, obviously on another level last year, that gets them drafted the highest is because of the accuracy factor. But in terms of just Stetson's play with the rest of these guys, the play and the production itself is there. It's just a matter of what round does a team want to take a chance on him and what round do they see the value in him. I think like, I, I did tweet this out like a, maybe two months ago, a month ago, right shortly after the National Championship. I think he's a late third round pick. I think somebody like the Dolphins with Tua insurance and the experience that he brings, that to me is like primo time, you know, team for him to pick. Now with Munkin being in Baltimore, that's somebody you got to look out for. That, that, that connection is obviously there, but there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of teams that, that say, hey, this guy can be an instantly experienced backup who we know can play well and can be mobile. And he's going to be cheap. Well, there are so many teams in the NFL that have to use their backup quarterbacks. Uh, the, these quarterbacks are having trouble staying healthy. And, of course, the 
short leash with which these quarterbacks are on. It just seems like these teams are changing them so quickly. Uh, it, it's fun to see Stetson in those in those groups that are are also occupied by the ones like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and uh, obviously the ones that are going to projected to go higher than than Stetson because I, I I'm really anxious to see how how high he's going to go and and what he's going to do. Um, Another as, team too, as by the way. As far as these mock Arizona. drafts is, are concerned, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Another team, Arizona. Like, look what Arizona. The situation that Arizona's sitting in with Kyler Murray tearing his ACL. He probably's not playing until November at the earliest. Stetson would be to me a perfect pick for them in in that third round area and go be their starter. And guess what? If they're bad, who cares? You're going to be picking high in a, in a great draft next year. So, like. For them, I think Arizona is another team that just lights up as a possibility for him. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. When when you, I'm sure you're like we are, just fans, and and look at these mock drafts. Uh, any trends you're seeing? I mean, is it go back to kind of what you were saying about after these quarterbacks? It, it's kind of a, a roll of the dice through the first rest of the first round, the second round. But and and does that mean we're going to see players like we talked about with Khalil Ringo kind of all over the board? I think you're seeing a lot of that, a lot of all over the board, uh, like team uh, kids like Miles Murphy and Brissie from Clemson. You know, you see him mm-hmm. as high as eight, nine, ten, mm-hmm. or as low as forty. I, I think that's going to be all right. Once you get the testing numbers, once you get the combine numbers, and you get the medicals, specifically for some of those kids, the medicals are going to be very big. Like, hey, is this kid going to be healthy in five years? Uh, but the other, I think the other big trend is. Every, almost every, and a lot of it's clickbait just as much as anything, but every, almost every mock draft anymore that I see, Anthony Richardson is, is not getting past 12, 13 maybe at the lowest, and most are in, hit with him in the top 10. And, and I think that's one that you're going to see as folks get into his tape specifically, they're going to see a lot of, I, I know like Georgia fans, kind of when I point this out that he could be picked very high they're like you know you're crazy but there's a lot of things in his tape where it's like okay the mental process is there the physical attributes we know are there it's just a matter of hey let's get more consistent play and in three years this kid might be the best QB out of all these guys yeah it's uh, it's interesting because he was 1-1 in this CBS sports mock draft here and uh, it's um, it's going to be fun. The combine's going to be fun. I can't wait for it. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Hey, Brent, great stuff. Thank you. Even included NBA basketball in today's hey, segment. That's pretty it. cool. Hey, I like that. Brave, we'll talk to you again next week, talk. okay? Braves talk next week, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get your thoughts on the left field situation. Can Marcel Azuna bounce back? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, Brent. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Appreciate it.